0: you know, it's hard to say for sure. Was 2020 the shortest year for you or was it like the longest year ever? If there's ever been a year that went all out, 2020 was that year. Life from just last year seems like a lifetime ago. But before we knew what we were getting into, We committed together to go all in and see all God would do. After living out this year, thank God we went all in on a God who is faithful. Thank God we went all in on a God who is just. Thank God we went all in on a God who is so good. Thank God we went all in on a God who is our protection. Thank God we went all in on a God who 2,000 years ago went all in for you, for us, so we could walk in abundance, in peace, and joy, especially in a year like 2020. I'm not sure we've ever celebrated the end of the year like we will this year. Doesn't it feel good to say, so long, 2020? But whether this was your best year or worst year, before we turn the page on the calendar, let's stop and celebrate all God did in the lives of promisers and in our community. Because in an all-out year, faith promise went all in. And if you remember Halloran's message, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, it seems like so long ago, but do you even remember how 2020 started? In February, we celebrated together with almost 10,000 promisers at the Knoxville Convention Center, celebrating all faith promise did in the past 25 years and looking forward to a future, having not a clue what was about to happen then, one by one, the dominoes began. Tragedies of injustice, sweeping protest, political unrest, and the first global pandemic in a century seemed to swallow the whole world. The all-out year of 2020 was on. And the only question was, how would we respond? Our theme verse for this year couldn't have been more prophetic in preparation and showed us all that if the first century church do anything, they knew how difficult circumstances cannot stop an all-in move of God. Despite their circumstances, here's what they did. They went all-in, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayer. And because of that, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. We see that in Acts 2, 42 and 43. In 2020, here's what faith promise did. We went all in. When the pandemic put the world on pause, Faith Promise went completely online for 12 consecutive weekends, something we've never done before. And if you've been around Faith Promise long enough, that's saying something. Still in the midst of that, our number one value, we put God first. We fasted together. We prayed together. And even celebrated Easter for the first time digitally with over 100,000 people in our communities and around the world gathering in front of screens. Despite their circumstances, the first century church in Acts stayed all in. When it was illegal, when they were persecuted, when there were problems, when people were put in prison, when they were killed, says this in our paragraph for the year in Acts 2, and all the believers were together, illegal, yet they were together, had all things in common, and they would sell their possessions, their property, and share with all to the extent that anyone had a need. In 2020, Faith Promise stayed all in. This year, more Promisers attended groups than ever before using Zoom, FaceTime, and other safe, creative ways to social distance and yet gather around the Word of God. We hosted our first of what many more will come, Freedom Conferences, where promisers were transformed and set free in ways that they never believed possible. We grew together. We supported one another. When the shutdown affected over 100 faith-promised families, Families, we answered the call. We kept people's lights on. We kept rent and house notes paid. Food on the table, because that's what we do in a family. Despite their circumstances, the Acts Church celebrated all in goes on and says this day by day continually with one mind and in the temple they were breaking bread and from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness gathered around the table and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved What was your favorite way Faith Promise went all in this year? Was it our Farragut campus moving into a permanent location right in the middle of the community? Or about the purchase of our newest campus in the Bristol community? Now both campuses are in a better position for Faith Promise to serve others, to serve real people with real problems from right in the heart of those two communities. Was it celebrating the generous givers of this real love movement? And with with within the middle of COVID, giving $1.5 million in Heart for the Harvest. All the miracles, all the stories of healing, provision, and restoration. Was it the life-changing gifts we are able to give? Emerald Youth, Children's Hospital, Penultimate, as well as tornado relief in communities in Middle Tennessee, Hurricane Relief in Louisiana. Did you know Faith Promise this year was recognized by the governor of Tennessee for the aid and assistance that we provided throughout the shutdown across all the communities we serve in Tennessee? Talk about elevating those around us. How about the million believers that we've seen saved in the 60,000 churches that we've been a part of planning through the Timothy Initiative to unreached people groups where there has never been a church. Can you say we tell them of him? We really did go all in this year. Sure, we did so many of the incredible things that we always do. Easter, at the movies, tricks and treats, Christmas. But in many ways, this year was one of the greatest tests of our commitment. And I resolve and believe in a God who still moves in miracles and still gives signs and wonders of his favor that is always at work. The question is not, can you still have God's favor in a year like 2020? Can faith promise still have God's favor following a year like this last one? The question is, are you looking for his favor Already at work in your life, in the lives of those around you where you live, work, study, shop, and play? Or are you still feeling left out, abandoned, maybe alone? Even though we did our best, I mean, we went, we did everything we could to reach out to every single promiser during the shutdown. Maybe you're still tempted to believe God's forgotten you. Forsaken you, let you alone. It's simply not true. And we want you to know we're here for you. If you need counseling, assistance, a pastor to talk with, or a group to make your own, follow this QR code and let us know how we can help you take your next step in following Jesus and getting connected and experiencing God's real love. Here's the truth. God is ready and waiting to meet you right where you are. And if you've never had a chance to begin a relationship with him, we're going to give you a chance in just a few minutes to do just that, the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Listen, don't lose hope. Please don't lose hope in this all-out year our god went all in for you to have life and have it abundantly that's what jesus said in john 10:10 10, 10. and because jesus went all in let me ask you for the last time this year let me hear you across every campus who's all in come on i said who's all in this next year let's make it a year of finding the favor of god already at work And doing whatever it takes to help real people with real problems find the real love of God. Father, I believe with everything in my heart that you are gonna bless this church, that you're gonna bless every attender, every promiser. I believe the best is yet to come. God, I am certain that your favor is gonna elevate and rise to levels we have never seen. God, I believe that you are gonna transform lives. God, I speak a blessing over every campus, every ministry, from the preschool to the senior adults, every group, everywhere. Let your favor rise in this incredible new year. We're believing you for the greatest miracles that we have ever had in the name of jesus let your favor flow lord may the favor of the lord our god be upon us confirm for us the work of our hands yes confirm the work of our hands in the name of jesus campus pastors i want to ask you guys to come take the mic celebrate some incredible things that god did at your campus and what God is going to do this coming year and lead some people to Jesus. And as they come, campus pastors who are incredible, incredible leaders, Happy New Year, Promisers. I can't wait to see you in 2021.
1: Amazing, amazing. We're so grateful for our pastor and his leadership, especially in a year like this. Are we grateful for our pastor, what God's done this year? We're so excited. And hey, so we want to take some time and just celebrate because as long, we, we know our God and how he works. And as long as there's real people with real problems who need God's real love, he is going to continue to call us to move in this real love movement. Continue to spread light in dark places. And this campus at Pellissippi and online, you guys have done that. Uh, as, as good as any. It's been absolutely unbelievable. So we're going to celebrate the things that God has done on our online campus and our Pellissippi campus. Uh, online has, has been more vibrant, more needed this year than ever. Um, when we weren't meeting, I'm sure most of you were online. Uh, I know whenever I was sick or when we weren't meeting, that's where I was. And so we're so grateful uh, to, for you guys who are still online and what the ministry that you do. We'll talk more about that shortly. But we just want to celebrate the stuff that God has done at the Pellissippi campus and through our online campus, it has been unreal, and we're so proud of you, and we're so excited. I I just want to encourage you, as we talk through some some of the things that God has done, that you would let it stir you. You would let it excite you, not only uh, to look and celebrate what God has done, but to look forward at what God is calling us to do. Because I believe we are just getting started in the mission of seeing real people with real problems experience God's real love. And so we're going to walk through some ministry areas and what God has done. It's been just amazing. And I'm so proud of you and excited for what's to come. Hey, whenever you come onto our campuses... There's people at the doors and in the parking lots, getting coffee, ushering. We call that ministry guest services. Because really, no matter if you've been to Faith Promise one time or if you've been to Faith Promise a thousand times, we want you to know that we love you. So we want to treat everybody like you are a guest. We're so excited that you're here. And really, uh, one of the things that we say at Faith Promise is that your potential is our passion. And that's why that ministry is so important to us. And while we were not able to meet, we called... Ton, we called thousands and thousands of people. But we started with our older promisers. And so uh, a member of our guest service teams, Ke- Kelly McFadden, was calling some of those people and called a young lady named Barbara uh, who lived in an assisted living home. And maybe you have a grandparent or older parent in this season, nobody could go and visit Barbara. And actually she hadn't heard from anybody in months. This was in July. It had Mar- it, it, been since March. She hadn't really had much contact with anyone. So uh, Kelly was calling her and talking to her, just loving on her. And uh, she said, towards the end of the call, she said, hey, Barbara, can you get to a laptop or something where you can join us for services? And Barbara said, hey, I I don't have a laptop. And, you know, there's really nowhere for me to do that here. And so Kelly sent her DVDs every week uh, for the next months until she was able to get out and join us for services. Just amazing. Making church possible no matter where people were. I loved that. I talked to Pastor Chris Looper, who was leading worship here, our, our campus producer for our Pelsippi campus. And I said, hey, tell me, tell me about some of the things that God did in our worship ministry this year. And he sent me this email of all the things God did within our, our leaders and volunteers for our worship and production teams at Pelsippi. And I loved it, but as I was thinking and praying about it, God just highlighted something in my mind I want to share with you. Uh, we, we heard the term a lot, thrown, thrown around a lot this year about essential workers, right? Uh, who's essential and who's not? I love that our worship team, as soon as all this happened, they knew we are essential. And they knew whether we're meeting in person or whether we're meeting online, we are going to make it possible for people to worship. Because if the circumstances are hard, we need worship all the more. And so I love that that was the attitude of our worship leaders and volunteers. I thought that was amazing. But, uh, we, we have uh, one of our guys who leads, our, who, who's a, a keyboard player, uh, Caleb Walker, who I personally think he's too handsome to be up here. Me personally, uh, bothers me. Uh, but either way, that was a joke, people. Um, so, but he, he was actually struggling with some sickness for years. Uh, and we prayed and prayed and believed God to move. And he was healed. He's been walking in physical freedom for months now. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, so excited for him. Uh, but, hey, I want to share something else with you at a kids' ministry. And I was talking with Pastor Chad, who leads the kids' ministry at our Pellissippi campus. And uh, and I was talking about some stories. And he sent some stuff to me. I want to share with you why this is so special to me and to us is because during this COVID season, uh, a, a, lot, a lot, it felt like we were just trying to hold on to what we had sometimes, right? We were just trying not to lose ground, but in a lot of ways, Faith Promise took steps forward and our kids ministry did that, he'd sent me and told me that 125 kids, uh, during 2020, uh, signified, said they want to take their next step. Next steps at Faith Promise, next steps in the kingdom are not just for adults. So 125 kids raised their hand and said, I want to take my next step. Whether that's salvation or baptism or another level of discipleship, they said we wanted to do that. We had over 100 new volunteers in kids ministry at this campus. We connected with thousands of families uh, whenever we couldn't meet. One of my favorite things we did in kids' ministry is we gave these uh, fun boxes, whether it was in uh, summer or Easter or Christmas, where you could do church at home with your kids. This is one of my favorite things, to see pictures, people posting online of their kids making uh, palm breaks for Palm Sunday or whatever it is. But as me and Pastor Chad talked, I just want to take a moment and say something real specific. Um, During this time, we saw people really pastoring their kids, really leading their families. And, and just in church culture over the last couple of decades, it's really become the norm for the church to disciple kids and not the parents to disciple kids. But I think this was a great reset for us as a church and as a culture for parents to say, I'm going to disciple my kids. And I, I get it. I love Epi Kids. Thank God in heaven for F.B. Kids, okay? Putting on church for my children was a beast, for Rachel's kids, really. But it was, it was a beast, okay? Um, so I'm grateful for it. But, hey. I know you don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. My dad has a doctorate in church growth, and he said he does not have all the answers. But the commitment that he and my mom made to me growing up is they said, hey, we will help you find the answers. And they pastored and discipled me more at home than they did at church. And so I want to encourage you, mom and dad, keep on doing that. Keep on pastoring your kids. Keep on discipling your kids. We're here to resource you as you disciple and pastor your kids. And we know that you can do it. So I'm so proud of our kids' ministry in, in, that, in that way. During students, this has been a hard time for students in middle school and high school. And I was talking with Pastor uh, Steve, one of our student pastors at this campus, and he told me about a, uh, an eighth grade young lady who gave her life to Christ during this pandemic season, just crazy season, just, but she had a hard past and was struggling with some addictions, but she gave her life to Christ and it was a radical transformation. And then she went home and she was having a real hard time with those addictions having a real hard time with some generational curses at home. And so she called her small group leader. And, and her, her small group leader called another one of our student pastors, Abby. And they went and met up with that student. And they prayed for her. And they walked and they pastored and they discipled her. And now she is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And she's walking in freedom. And not only is she walking in freedom from those past hurts, but she's leading other people into freedom. This is an eighth grade young lady. Is that not Amazing. Amazing. It's so good. And so there she's taking her next steps into ministry. So, so good. And, and what, what I loved about that is that in this season, uh, uh, suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression are really at an all-time high because of the isolation, seclusion, and the, the stress of this season for our students. But because of our adult small group leaders and because of our student leaders who have been pursuing students, Pursuing people relationally, whether we're meeting or not, because of that, we are gaining ground. And actually, I love what it made us do as a team across all of our ministries. It made us say, whether we can meet in a room or not, we are going to take ground. And I pray, even after COVID's gone, that we don't lose that fight. I pray, even after COVID's gone, we don't lose that heart to say, we are going to fight and pursue people no matter what, pray that the church grows more Monday through Friday than it does on Saturday and Sunday. And so, hey, one other thing, and we could talk about this for years, it's amazing, but our groups ministry went off. Uh, At Pellissippi, uh, Pastor Rob, Jamie, and Rachel did so good. Uh, We actually had more people in groups because uh, we, we did online groups. They just adapted. It was so, it was awesome to watch. But you guys at the Pellissippi campus, you guys served 30 local partners. Uh, a lot of those partners multiple times served 30 local partners and 11 regional partners. That's outside of Knox County. You guys pursued them, whether it was your generosity, giving away gift cards, whatever it might be. You guys served them and showed the real love of Jesus, even in a hard time. It's so proud. It amazing what groups did in this season. But uh, just a tie-in with our online campus, we had a family uh, who felt called to Tennessee And so they got online, they were looking at churches, and they found the online campus. And watching just the the talk back and forth and the passion, they knew this is where God's called us to be. And so even before they moved to Tennessee, moved to Knoxville, they they started tithing, giving generously, and they're they're blessed financially. So it was substantial to a place they had never been. And so we called them and said, hey, I want to thank you for your generosity. How can we help? And Pastor Rob got them in groups before they even moved to Tennessee. But what I love is one of the groups they joined actually helped serve a, a ministry. Well, I don't think Pellissippi State calls it a ministry, but they an a, a organization who serves the homeless college students who attend Pellissippi State. And this, this group, at their own financial means, supports this, whatever Pellissippi State calls it, we call it a ministry, and they support on them and loved them and pursued those students even in this hard time. I'm telling you, we could tell stories for hours and hours of what God has done and what God wants to do if we'll just say we are willing. There's one more story I want to tell you, so I'm going to bring somebody out. Chris, will you come on out here? We love to tell stories in person if we can, and this one's so special of what God did. Will you all help me welcome Chris Adams? Um, So excited. So brother? How you doing? Good, brother. Thank awesome, you. awesome. So, hey, um, Chris and his family have uh, been really good friends of ours for a long time. And uh, Chris and his family, they're Promisers. And uh, Chris is an entrepreneur, worked in business for a long time. And he, uh, and so, actually, work took him to Atlanta a couple years ago. Uh, but people at Faith Promise would never know because they were driving back for church every Sunday because they just loved being here and they are part of the family. Uh, it was funny. It, it wasn't until somebody asked him to do something, he was like, well, I can't do it. I'll be in Atlanta this week. And they were like, well, why? He was like, well, I live there, you know, and so it, it just, but they love faith promises. Hey, God's done something special in your life this year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, thank you, Zach. Um, I would say not just special and life changing, but literally was life saving. Um, I never really experienced headaches before, but one week I started, it was about a year ago, I started experiencing these headaches, and it just got worse and worse as the week went on. Uh, by the time Friday rolled around, it was so excruciating that. Uh, Excuse me, but I literally puked, you know. Right, it, was, uh, it was that bad. It was that bad of a, of a headache. And um, about passed out, my wife uh, was like, hey, you got to go to the doctor. And I'm not the type to miss work or go to the doctor, either one. I'm one kind of those, one of those guys, you know. Um, but anyway, I listened to her. I went to the doctor. They said, oh, well, it's, just a, it's just a headache, just a migraine, just go home, sleep it off. And as the day went on, it got worse and worse, and so I uh, ended up having to go to the ER by the time that night rolled around. I don't even recall going there, but they gave me one of those migraine cocktails, a shot or whatever, and they said, it's migraines. They did CT scan, MRIs, but they didn't see anything, they didn't find anything. And so I went, uh, went back home, tried to sleep it off. Um, the next morning, I actually woke up and... And uh, I still had a headache, but it wasn't as bad. And so uh, she just got a treadmill delivered. And so I helped my son uh, Hunter and a couple of his buddies try to carry this heavy treadmill and it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do with, with my head feeling like that. But I did um, do it, honey do, it, right? Do what yeah. she says. And so the rest of uh, Saturday and Sunday, I just, I, I couldn't really get out of bed the rest of the time. And so when Monday ro- rolled around, I was getting ready for work and literally passed out on the bed. And uh, I don't know how she did this, but she was able to get me up and get me down the stairs.
1: She Um, rolled you down the stairs.
2: That's probably true. Rolled or dragged. That's what happened to your head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one way or the other, I don't remember, but she got me down the stairs, got me in the car, but it was so excruciating, I couldn't even open my eyes. And so my eyes were closed the whole time. She tried to do the GPS because unbeknownst to me, she'd reached out to the neurologist and was having me go directly to the ER and go into a different hospital and so she's trying to GPS signal it. And I wasn't very nice about this. I was like, just telling her, to turn it off, you know, so you can ask Tiffany about that. I don't know what I said, but probably wasn't polite. But anyway, she, she got me there. And the last thing I remember is opening the car door and seeing this man's face and I just fell into his arms. And so the rest of the story is hearsay because that's the last thing I remember. And so um, as I'm laying there in the stretcher and the gurney in the ER, um, my wife's standing there talking to the nurse. I started convulsing and just, you know, I was having a seizure and I actually had, uh, ended up having a stroke. We found out later it was, uh, it was a blood clot that had formed on my brain. And it had grown so much, you know, it caused uh, a couple seizures, this, this uh, massive stroke I had. And so they wheeled me into the ER as this is happening. And so as that's happening, of course, I'm out of my mind. I'm trying to get up and fight these guys. And so they two big security guards go running in there. My wife's like, don't hurt him, don't hurt him. Um, you know, just take care of him. And so I'll tell you the rest of that story here in a second, but uh, the doctor told her had, I not, had she not got me there, I wouldn't have made it. There's no way they could have got to my home and been able to save me uh, for what I experienced because I was intubated, uh, put on a ventilator for a couple days. Um, all my family came down, uh, my mom, dad, brother, sister, my in-laws, uh, my, you know— from, from here, uh, we actually had a couple people from uh, from our small group, our best friends, Mike, Denise Rowe, and Logan, they came down. Uh, they, came, they came from Knoxville, Atlanta. Came all the way Should from here down long. there. It's yeah, to, to take my family out, um, take the boys away, get their mind off of it. Um, well, while I was out there laying there unconscious, my, my mother-in-law, who's actually here today, she uh, she's like, there's something wrong with his shoulder. And uh, of course I was out of it, didn't know what was, what was going on. So they took me back and uh, did the x-rays. and. Unbeknownst to them, the security guard had dislocated my shoulder. So my shoulder's all jacked up. So when I'm trying to play basketball with my son Hayden, I have to learn how to do the left hook and throw a football with the left arm. So it it's It gives weird. you an excuse to be bad though. So yeah, there you go. exactly, exactly. Just more cardio running around. But, uh, but anyway, on that second day after that, when he brought me back in the room, I woke up and it was like one of those bad lifetime movies. Like I, I literally didn't. Uh, some say there are no bad lifetime movies.
1: <laughs> They're all bad. They all They're, bad. All bad. Yes. They're
2: all bad. They're yes. you all bad. You've all got sucked into I'm not going to say wife.
1: Pastor Watson over the Christmas break, but he did. Yeah, I bet. I bet.
2: Good. Um, well, I don't like them because uh, I was that guy. You know, when you wake up and you don't know your name, you don't know where you are, you don't know your wife, you don't know your kids. Um, and so, again, like I said, this, this is what they told me. And so I didn't know this. So they put me back under. Um, I woke up on the third day. And I look over and I see my wife and our neighbor standing there talking, and uh, the neighbor points to my wife and says, do you know him? And I go, nope. And then I started laughing, and my wife's like, oh, he's back, you know, and came over and hugged me. Uh, To me, it was like nothing had ever happened. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know what had just happened two days prior, Um, but anyway, through that, uh, spent a couple more days there in ICU, you know, healing up, uh, learning how to walk again, talk again, eat, which didn't take very long to, to get that part Spiritual back. Spiritual gifts. Yeah. Thank the, food, the Lord. The food in that hospital wasn't as bad as, as you hear. As long as you could
1: taste it. I, I could. Too soon? It's too <laughs> soon. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, I went through that one too. Um, but anyway, whenever, uh, while I was in there and people, like I said, came down to pray over me, talk to me, send all these messages. Um, you know, one man even came from the other side of the state to uh, bring my family food. I never met him before. Um, knew through through mutual uh, family and friends, but came there to pray over me. I was just like, wow, this is amazing seeing God's real love lived out right there and experiencing it myself. It, it was literally a miracle for me. Um, so spent you know rest uh, ten days in the hospital, go home for a couple more weeks. But during that time, I told my wife Tiffany, I was like, you know, God's got a God's got a different calling for me. You know, I, I got this second chance for a, a new life, a new opportunity. Um, of course, for years we had served here when we were you know. Uh, here in Tennessee, we were able to serve a Faith Promise, and you know down there got plugged into a church, but, but never really felt like we were home, you know. And then I was able to reconnect with Pastor and with you, and and uh, you know start down the start walking down this ministry journey. And you mentioned Zoom earlier; it was great to be part of your group and 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 take these Zoom calls. But yeah, this past year has been a, a true. A lot of people say 2020 was was the worst year of their life. In many ways, it probably was, but for me personally, it was one of the best years because of what I was able to experience, you know, as an outcome of that.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Is that an amazing God working in their life? So good. But, you know, we, we want to highlight this day for a couple reasons, but first, just that that thought of stopping and saying, God he has a purpose for my life. Uh, by by Ameri- the, the American Dream Standards, Chris and his family were successful, had a great job, making a lot of money, doing that stuff. But he just knew I'm called to make a bigger difference than this. Um, and I, so we've been walking. Actually, we found out because uh, Chris was going through the process to work with John Maxwell. Uh, maybe you've, you've heard of Maxwell, but going through with to be part of his leadership organization and our pastors on that board. And so Pastor reached out, and said, "Why are you doing ministry there? Why wouldn't you do it at Faith Promise?" He said, "I." I didn't know that was a possibility. So for the last year and a half, we've been walking, developing, and actually, uh, really, really excited to tell you guys today that uh, Chris Adams and his family have come on as our Pelsippe Campus Pastor. So I want to introduce him to you guys. You guys help welcome him to this campus. So excited to have you, man! Yeah, really nice. excited about what God's going to do, yeah, man! Thank you, brother. So excited. Um, and hey, you guys may be wondering why why we need a Pelsippe Campus Pastor because we have Pastor Chris here. Pastor Chris is he is he is. Uh, Uh, really sold out and committed to our vision and where God's taken us, but this campus right here is called to continue to make a bigger and bigger impact in our community and beyond. And so Chris and his family have given themselves to that, given their best to that, and they're so excited to move forward. But let me ask you personally, you, where you sit right here, right now, as we talk about this life change, what about your life? Or do you feel like you're missing something Is there something in your life that you know that you're just looking for something, hope for yourself or hope for your marriage or spiritual or mental help? Are you just looking? Let me ask you a question. What if, like there's been such a scare this year, what if your life was over and you were looking face to face with God and he asked you a simple question, why should I let you into heaven? Why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? Would it be that you you're a good person? Would it be because you've, you've done a lot of good things? Is that, would that be it? One of the most religious, one of the guys who did the most good works uh, really in history, his name was Paul. He actually wrote 13 books of the Bible. And after he met Jesus and he was weighing his religious deeds, his good deeds, in comparison with his relationship with Jesus, he wrote this in Romans 3.10. He said, there is none righteous, not even one. As he continued to just experience this salvation, this grace from Jesus, he wrote this in Romans 10,9 and 10. He says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved." He realized it wasn't his good works, but it was the work of Jesus that provides salvation. It says in verse 10, For the, in the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. Not your righteousness, but Jesus' righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The way you can walk in your purpose, the way you can walk in salvation is through a relationship with Jesus. By confessing with your mouth that you believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for you. Maybe you believe that Jesus came and died for the world. But what about for you? Do you know that he died for you? Because he wants a relationship with you. Because that's exactly what he did. And right here, right now as a family, that's what we're going to do. We're going to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you've never done that, we want to invite you to join us. Would you join me right now? Bow your head and close your eyes. Just repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for wanting me. Please forgive me. I want to be a part of your family. I want a new heart. I want a new life. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. I will love and follow you with all of my life.